there. Welcome to another life-transforming sermon with Dr. Dazwit Achero. We have been looking at the capacity of God's presence. Somebody say capacity of God's presence. The first thing that we note last Sunday about God's presence is God's presence is creative. It has the power to create. Today I want to look at the second thing and that is God's presence has the ability to unlock provision. God's presence has the ability to unlock provision. Now, I believe that the number of people living in extreme poverty was steadily declining in the world before it was interrupted in 2020 by the COVID-19 pandemic. Generally, people were doing very well. Generally, businesses were doing very well. The hotel industry was booming. Schools were growing, and generally the economy was on an upward trajectory. But when COVID-19 came, it disrupted a lot of things. You know, hotels were closed, uh, aeroplanes were packed, economies uh, nearly collapsed, people lost their jobs, you know, people died, there was fear all over the world, there was depression, you know, there was hopelessness, some people relocated from the city, to go to their rural homes to try and survive. There was an increase of, um, of, of, of depression cases, you know, in the world because people couldn't go out, people couldn't um, congregate, people couldn't meet their friends, their family members, and it was a very depressing time. The opportunities for you know, making an extra coin became so limited because of the COVID-19. Women were affected, the youth were affected, especially people um, who were depending on day-to-day -day jobs. They were really, really affected during the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, add to that the climate change that has taken place in our world today, it has even compounded the aftermath of COVID-19. We don't have enough rainfall, which has led to severe drought in some parts of this country and some parts of the world. I mean, there is a picture I always see every now and then of our president flagging off relief food. We saw it being done even this year because there are areas in this country where people are dying because of lack of rainfall. A report dubbed 2022 Global Multidimensional Poverty Index states that 1.2 billion people in 111 developing countries live in acute multidimensional poverty. You might be asking, what is multidimensional poverty? Multidimensional poverty. Poverty is the inability to access basic needs, acquire quality education, seek quality medical help, secure a stable job, and participate in recreational activities. This is poverty that has gone beyond just lack of money. It is affecting many other areas of someone's life. Poverty is real. And poverty is in our world today. Now, poverty cuts across the board. 
It has nothing to do with color. It has nothing to do with creed. It has nothing to do with tribe. It has nothing to do with gender. The poor are everywhere and they come in all shapes, sizes, and color. Africa is known for hosting a larger number of poor people. But also we have poor people in Asia. We have poor people in Europe. We have poor people in North and South America. You know, I've traveled quite a bit and I've seen even a white man begging. At first I was confused. I thought he was acting. It was very awkward, you know. And uh, I realized that poverty knows no boundaries. We have people who are in prosperous nations and they are still poor. There are people who are in countries that have systems that can be able to help them come out of poverty, but they still live under bridges. They live on the streets. They are still begging for food. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to let you know that one of the things that Jesus came to do when he came here on earth was to address this menace called poverty. The reason why he came here on earth to die on the cross and shed his blood. One of the reasons was to deal with poverty. His presence here on earth was to actually address, to also actually address the problem of poverty in our world because poverty is bad. You will not even want it, you know, uh, around you. Poverty is bad. When you, when you can't have food, when you can't have shelter, when you can't have clothing, when you can't take your children to school. I mean, it's, it's a terrible thing. It will break your heart as a parent. When you can't um, treat, you know, your children, can't take them to the hospital or your parents or your brothers, it can really break your heart. Or you cannot access quality medical care as an individual. It can really break your heart. Isn't it true? You're very quiet. Or oh, are you there? Am I saying the truth? So poverty is a terrible thing. You don't even want it near you. You don't want it in your family. You don't want it, you know, around your friends. You don't want it around your brothers and your sisters because it's a terrible thing. Poverty can strip you of your dignity. Yeah, you lose your voice. You lose your sheen. You lose your confidence because of poverty. May you never be poor. Amen. May your children never be poor. May your house never smell poverty in the name of Jesus. So when Jesus came, one of the things he came to deal with, he came to deal with sin, yes, but also one of the things he came to deal with is the issue of poverty. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. Look at how the presence of Jesus Christ makes such a huge difference in your life. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9, the Bible says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that for he was rich, Yet for your sakes, he became poor, that you through his poverty may become rich. So you can see that he took our poverty. This is divine exchange. He took our poverty so that through us, believe, through him, and when we believe in him, we can be able to access riches in our lives. So it goes without saying, when you look at this scripture, that God, through Jesus Christ, wants us to live in abundance. He wants you and I to conquer poverty because poverty is not part and 
uh, parcel of his plan of redemption for our lives. I wish I got an amen in this house. So, you getting saved, I want you to know that you have been inoculated against poverty. You have been vaccinated against poverty. God wants you to be blessed. God wants you to have more than enough. God wants you to be a blessing to other people. Do you understand what I'm talking about? And so the presence of Jesus on earth, he became poor. He came and took your place of poverty so that through his poverty, we can become rich because our God is rich. Jesus is rich. He's so rich until when he died, people are fighting for his clothes. If you die, nobody fights for your clothes. Just know you're poor. I mean, people fought for his clothes. That's how rich he was. It was a special garment that he was wearing. When they came for tax, you know, that he may pay tax, he was able to provide tax almost immediately. He fed people. He performed miracles. His ministry was so rich that uh, the accountant who was Judas used to steal the offerings, but the ministry never collapsed. You will know you are blessed when people steal from you and you still survive. Some of you, if they just stole from you once, <laughs> you are done. That's how blessed Jesus was. I mean, he was, he, was, he was wealthy, he was rich, so he took our place of poverty so that we can access riches. Lift your hand and say, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. through Jesus Christ. I'm blessed through the presence of Jesus Christ in my life. So his presence on earth was also to address this issue of poverty. So I want you to understand that the presence of God, as I told you a few, uh, a few, a few Sundays ago, that the presence of God is practical. That his presence is meant to bring positive change in our lives. And one of the things that the presence of God will uh, bring change in is in the area of wealth creation. When the presence of God is introduced in your life, when the presence of Jesus is introduced in your life, God has already set a stage, a foundation for you to prosper. Hey, there are no amens in this house. The presence of Jesus is greater than the principles of Bill Gates. I wish I had a witness in this house. The presence of Jesus, I'm telling you, in your life, if the presence of Jesus operates fully in your life and you allow the presence of Jesus to, 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 to operate in your life, I'm telling you, poverty has to leave your life. Poverty has to go. It has to leave your house. You cannot be harboring the presence of God and remain poor. When Obedidom hosted the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God in his house, the Bible says he prospered. So when you are a carrier of the presence of God, you will become prosperous in everything that you do. My goodness, I send God's presence in your house. I send God's presence in your life. And from today, may you begin to prosper in Jesus' name. Can I hear a thunderous amen in this house? Give somebody high five and tell them from today I'm going higher. Higher. Because of the presence of God. Let me show you two examples. There's a man by the name, number one, Abraham. In Genesis chapter 11, Abraham was raised by 
idol worshipping parents. Where you see idol worship, you see poverty. Where you see witchcraft, you see poverty. You even go to places where they worship idols, they worship, you know, witchcraft. You will see a lot of poverty there. And some of you agree with me because that's where you are coming from. Ask your neighbor, where are you coming from? Where is your home? Mention your village. Some of you cannot even mention your village. You are scared. You see a lot of poverty, lack and want. That was the environment of Abraham. He was raised by idol-worshipping parents. Then something else happened. There was death in that family. He lost his brother. And before long, he lost his father as well. And then he married a woman who was very beautiful, but she was barren. Her name was Sarah. Sarah was so beautiful until there's a king who wanted her and took her actually. But she was barren. So this man comes from a home that worships idols. This man is surrounded by a lot of difficulties, pain. He's lost his brother, lost his father. And this man is married to a woman who cannot give him children. And then Genesis chapter 12, God appears to him. Genesis chapter 12 of the presence of God appear to Abraham. And then his life begins to change. Ooh, glory to God. When God began to speak to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, you can see that things begin to shift in his life. Because God begins to tell him, I'm going to bless you. That's how powerful the presence of God is. He appeared to him. Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. Media people. Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. Genesis. So God appears to him and begins to speak to him. And begins to bless him. I didn't say verse 14. Did I give a verse? Genesis chapter 12. Media people, why are you preaching your own message? And the Lord said to Abraham, he appeared to him and he spoke to him and said, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to the land. Look, those are blessings already. I'm taking you to a land, to a land that I will, I will show you verse 2. And I will make you a great nation. I will talk to me. I will and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. All these things began when the presence of God was introduced in his life. My goodness, it doesn't matter where you are coming from. When God's presence shows up in your life, your background is irrelevant. The blessings of God will begin to show up in your life. I wish I got a Holy Ghost amen in this house. Look at your neighbor and give them high five and tell them you're getting ready to be blessed. Oh yeah. So, 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 so that tells me that when I step into the presence of God, my background does not matter. My past does not matter. Where I am coming from does not matter. The hurt and the pain that I've gone through in the past does not matter. What matters is the presence of God. Because the presence of God can make you forget what you went through in the past. And look forward to a glorious future that is ahead of you. Because by the way, you're not walking in a reverse manner, isn't it? You are moving ahead, isn't it? 
And so when the presence of God comes, it shows you where you're going because it reveals the plan and the purpose of God concerning your life in the future. God tells Abraham, I will bless those who bless you, verse 3, and I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. In other words, the presence of God came upon Abraham to ensure that anything that was going to come out of him was going to be blessed. I don't know who I'm preaching to in this house, but when the presence of God comes upon your life, anything that will come out of you, your children, your grandchildren, your great-great-grandchildren will also be blessed in the name of Jesus. I prophesy by reason of God's presence, you are beginning a new lineage. A lineage that is full of prosperity and blessings and increase in the name of Jesus. If you believe it, shout a louder yes in this house. So even if your grandfather was poor, even if your great-great-grandfather was poor, your father was poor, your mother was poor, it's a new day. Tell your neighbor, it's a new day. Why is it a new day? Because you have collided with the presence of God. And God is telling you, I will bless you. I will make your name great. All the families of the earth will be blessed. I will show you land. My goodness, I prophesy. May this presence lead you to your land. Lead you to your house. Shout a louder amen in this house. Sit down. It's just an introduction. Mm. And so, another day in Genesis chapter 21, this man is now walking with the presence of God. Abraham. Then God changes his name from Abraham to Abraham. Things are happening in his life. God's presence appeared to him again in Genesis chapter 21. And then, the guy decided to go to a place called Gira. And in this place, there was a king by the name Abimelech. He saw Abraham's wife was very beautiful. And because Abraham was afraid that if he said Sarah is my wife, they were going to kill him. He said, this is my sister. Because he was trying to survive. And this guy took sister, stroke wife, of Abraham, the king of um, Gerald. And that night before he did 21 times thing with Sarah. <laughs> God appeared to him. God appeared to the king. And God told the king, you are a dead man. How can you take somebody's wife? You are a dead man. You are dead. You ladies who steal people's husbands. The Lord says... I'm preaching better than your responses. Yeah? You men who steal people's wives. The Lord says. So before you die, return somebody's wife. Before you die, you don't like my preaching this morning. Before you die, return somebody's husband. Just tell him, look, bro. I don't want to die. God appears.
appear to this king directly in a dream. He said, you are a dead man. And the guy woke up. He was shaking. He went to Abraham and told Abraham, why did you lie to me? You should have told me this is your wife. And yet to return Sarah, you know, to Abraham. But something else happened. Because of stealing Abraham's wife, the king became barren. Everything in his household became barren. You people who steal people's husbands, be very careful. You are cursing yourself. He's silence. It's like I've stepped on a live wire. Do you know Abraham had to pray for him? The king. Abraham had to pray for him. For him to start reproducing again. Simply because he stole somebody's wife. Anyway, that's a message for another day. I'll come for it. I'll come for it. I'll hit it. <laughs> so he returned Sarah to Abraham. And then Abraham prayed for him. And he was fruitful. Now, when you look at verse 22 of Genesis chapter 21, verse 22 of Genesis chapter 21, something happened here that is very powerful. And it came to pass. Can we read it together? And it came to pass at that time that Abimelech and Phicol, the commander of his army, spoke to Abraham saying, God is with you in all that you do. He could see the presence of God in the life of Abraham. No wonder Abraham was prospering. He could see that there was an invisible hand working with Abraham in everything that he was doing. No wonder this guy was just prospering left, right, and center. And he testified the reason why Abraham was prospering was because of the presence of God. That's why I came to tell you that if you're going to prosper and deal with this thing called poverty, you have to learn to step into God's presence. Hallelujah. Let me give you another one because I have a lot to cover. Number two is Joseph. Somebody say Joseph. Joseph, you know his story. He was sold by his, he was sold by his brothers to the Ishmaelites. And he ended up in Egypt in Potiphar's house as a slave. Didn't have an ID. Didn't have Uduma number card. Didn't have nothing. You know, he was just there as a slave. And somebody bought him and took him, you know, to his house to work. In his house, he owned nothing. He was Potiphar's property. But because Joseph was a man of integrity, who even refused to steal somebody's wife, I'm telling you, I'm coming back to this thing. I hit it. He refused to take advantage of somebody's wife when the husband was away. Father, give me grace to preach this message one day. I feel like I'm stepping on a live wire. He said, no. Even when the wife was willing. It's one thing to pursue somebody's wife. And it's another thing for somebody's wife to pursue you. Will you say no or yes? Huh? No, yes. <laughs> anyway. He said no. And because of the integrity, God's presence kept on moving with who? Joseph. When he was with his brothers, he was a man of integrity. He used to report them to, their fa to, to, to the father, the things that they were doing that he didn't like. So he was a man of integrity. And because of that, the presence of God was with him. 
Look at Genesis chapter 39. He is now in a foreign land. He has nothing. He owns nothing. No land. His brothers are not there. His father is not there. In fact, his father is thinking he's dead. He's now a slave working for Potiphar. Genesis chapter 39 verse 1. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. Verse 2. The Lord, look at that. The Lord was with Joseph. The presence of God was with Joseph. And he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Because of the presence of God, he became successful even in a foreign land. Because of the presence of God, he became successful where they positioned him to work. You see, the presence of God is not about your title. You can be in the background and still prosper. Oh, I wish I had a witness in this house. You might not be sitting in a big office, but you can be somewhere there, in there, in there, somewhere there in the company. But because of the presence of God, you just prosper in everything that you do. And let me tell you, nobody can ignore success regardless of the rank. Yes, no matter how low you are, if you're successful, people will see it. The leader up there will see somebody down there that is successful. So he was successful because of the presence of God. And then look at verse 3. And his master, his master, who was the master? Potiphar. So that the Lord was with him. And that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. He could see that there was an invisible hand in the life of Joseph that made him prosper. That invisible hand is the presence of God. Hallelujah. Verse 4. And Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house and all that he had put under his authority. Verse 5. So it was from the time that he made him overseer of his house and all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egypt. Look, because he's a carrier of God's presence and he lives in the house of another man, this man begins to experience the blessings because of the presence of God in the life of Joseph. He blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake and the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. The presence of God is practical. The presence of God is powerful. If you can imbibe the presence of God, I'm telling you, you will prosper. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. By reason of the presence of God, you have every right to prosper. We have seen in the life of Abraham, because he was a carrier of the presence of God, he prospered. Joseph, because he was a carrier of the presence of God, he prospered. Obedidom, when he invited the presence of God in his house, he also prospered. When you carry the presence of God, you will definitely prosper. Hallelujah. I send the presence of God to your house. I send the presence of God to your business. I send the presence of God to your bedroom. I send the presence of God to your living room. May you prosper in the name of Jesus. I say may you prosper because of the presence of God in Jesus name. Somebody shout a louder amen. So how does God's presence empower us to prosper? I have several points but today I'll only give you one. Number one. 
The presence of God transforms our minds. The presence of God transforms our minds. The mind is such a powerful part of our being. In fact, the mind is the seat of intelligence. The Bible says in Proverbs 23 verse 7, as he thinks in his heart, so is he. So you're the sum, sum total of your thoughts. The way you think determines how your life is going to be. How you think determines the state of your life. The state of your mind determines the state of your life. Romans chapter 12 verse 2, the Bible says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. So transformation begins at the mind. Transformation begins at the mind level. If your mind is transformed, your life will be transformed. If your mind is changed, your life will be changed. If your mind is stuck, your life will be stuck. So what happens when you step into the presence of God, your mind is renewed. Your mind is transformed. You experience a mind shift the moment you step into the presence of God. The presence of God helps you to discard all forms of backwardness. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, neighbor. Okay, let's just continue. Uh, it, it helps you overcome <laughs> retrogressive thoughts. It renews your mind. It changes your thinking. That's why some of you have realized, I mean, when you stepped into the presence of God, you started coming to church, listening to the word of God, worshiping God, studying the word of God, praying, being in God's presence in worship, things began to shift in the way you think. Your thinking changed. Your mindset changed. It is the power of the presence of God. Hallelujah. In fact, some people used to think that being poor is next to God. Isn't it true? So if you want to really look like you are next to God, you become very poor. Some people used to think pastors are supposed to be very poor. Wearing tattered clothes. Yeah? Even a bicycle, that one has really made it. They should not own anything. But when you stepped into the presence of God, you realize it was a lie from the pit of hell because he became poor so that I can be rich. How much more the person who works for him? He should be rich and he should be blessed. But then you should never feel bad when I'm blessed. Because I work for him directly. If you work for the bank, you enjoy the benefits of being an employee of the bank. If you work for the government, you enjoy the benefits of being an employee of the government. If you are a full-time pastor like me, working for God, synergy enjoy. I'm enjoying the benefits of working for my God who is a rich God. So tell your neighbor, neighbor, remove the potato from your throat. Oh yes. Our pastors should be blessed. I say our pastors should be blessed. I say our pastors should be blessed. Men of God should be blessed. Christians should be blessed. Hallelujah. Shout a louder amen. So the mind is very powerful because before you encounter the presence of God, your mind is limited. In fact, your mind is warped in a way. Your thinking is skewed in a way 
But after interacting with God's presence, you experience a mind shift. Your thinking goes to the next level. Your vision expands. You start having wonderful goals, wider view about life, your life, your destiny, your future. Because you hear what God is saying about your future. You hear what God is saying about your life. You hear what God is saying about your health. You hear what God is saying about your finances. And all of a sudden, there is a shift in your mind because of being in the presence of God. Can we go a little bit deeper? There's a gentleman by the name Jacob. Jacob was this guy who was staying in the tents, very close to the mother. Jacob was a mama's boy. And he had a brother by the name Esau. And Esau was this definition of masculinity. I mean, even the way you look at him, he looked hairy and rough. Hunter. He loved being in the woods to hunt, and look for animals to hunt. But Jacob was this mama's boy. Just hanging around the mother. And we have such boys, isn't it? Woe unto you if you marry one. Can't even decide the color of the cups. He has to call the mother. Oh, Mama's boy. Always attached to the mother. That's why if you have a son, once in a while you have to yank your son from the mother. Yeah. Once in a while, I yank my son from my wife and say, let's go and talk. Because <laughs> I have to transfer masculinity in him. I have to talk to him as a man. Yeah. And I tell him, there are things I know you cannot tell your mother, but me, you should be able to tell me. Tell me. Because I'm a man. I will understand you. But one day I told him that and he was very happy. He said, you know, dad, you know, I, there are things it, women cannot understand about us. <laughs> so Jacob was a mama's boy hanging around the mother. Then one day the mother heard that the father wanted to release a blessing. And the condition was somebody should make for him a very special meal. A sumptuous meal. But again he became specific and he said... Esau, because you're my firstborn, you're the one that I want uh, you to go and do this for me. Go and hunt something for me and make a very sumptuous meal for me, a venison for me, prepare for me. I'll eat it and then I'll release a blessing upon you. And Jacob's mother had say, what an opportunity to help this boy. Because if I don't help this boy, this boy will never go anywhere. This boy cannot even survive in the woods. Doesn't know how to hunt. Doesn't know how to fight for himself. Doesn't even look aggressive. If I don't help this boy, he's cooked. You know, Esau could survive, but not Jacob. So she went to the kitchen quickly, quickly prepared a meal quickly, you know, uh, and told Jacob of the plan. You know the story. Jacob presented the thing to the father. The father listened to Jacob and said, the voice is Jacob's by the hands because she had to put some fur on his hands so that when you know, the father touches the hands, he could feel like he's hairy. He said, the hands are Esau's, but the voice is Jacob's. But anyway, he still released a blessing on Jacob. And Jacob leaves, having swindled his brother out of a blessing. Left with the blessings of his father and he's going out there 
but I believe he was scared because he knew his father, his brother was a hunter. He was watching his back as he's going. But something else happened to Jacob. God appeared to him in Genesis chapter 28. And when God appeared to him, there was a ladder. You know the story, there was a ladder, angels ascending and descending. The Lord stood over that ladder and God began to talk to him. And when Jacob woke up, he said, surely the presence of God was in this place. And I didn't even know it. Look at verse 16 to 21. I want to build this up so that you understand where I'm going. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place. He was right in the middle of the presence of God. This is a man who is trying to find his purpose, trying to understand who he is, trying to, you know, make sense of his life. He's just stolen something from his brother that is very dear to him. And then God meets him. And Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. Look at verse 17. And he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. Verse 18. Then Jacob arose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put at his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. Verse 19. And he called the name of that place Bethel, but the name of that city had been lose previously. Verse 20. Then Jacob made a vow. After testing the presence of God, he made a vow. What was the vow? If God will be with me. If the presence of God will go with me. There's something I did I'm not proud about. But if God you can be with me. Because I know my life is at risk. If God will be with me. His presence will be with me. And keep me in this way that I am going. And give me bread to eat. And clothing to put on. You see, when you're in the presence of God, you'll have bread. Oof. You're not hearing what I'm saying. I say when you're in the presence of God, there'll be bread for you. Yeah, there will be shelter for you. There'll be clothing for you. There'll be provision for you when you're in the presence of God. He says, God, if you can just go with me, and, and, and I know that I'll have bread, I'll have clothing, so that when I come back to my father's house, I come back in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. He had been blessed by the father, but he knew that even the blessings of the father were limited. And he wanted the blessing of the Lord. He wanted the presence of God to be with him. And he knew that if the presence of God is going to go with me, there will be bread in my house, there will be clothing on my back, and there will be protection. I will prosper because of the presence of God. And that's why he made a vow and he said, next verse, or we are done. So that I come back to my father's house, then the Lord shall be my God. Then look at verse 22. And this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you have given me, I will surely give a tenth to you. He even says, God, as you bless me, the tithe will be yours. Because I recognize it is your presence, not my power, not my education, not my experience, not my conmanship. It is your presence that has brought bread in my life, that has brought clothing on my back that has brought food in my house that has protected me along the way not my own strength his presence ladies and gentlemen in your life transforms your thinking let's go deeper my goodness lord stop the clock 
that I may finish this thing. Now, he has made a vow and God honors the vow. And the presence of God begins to go with Jacob. That's why we call him, you know, uh, the patriarch of our faith. Forefathers, patriarchs of our faith. Abraham, Isaac, and, and, and Jacob. Now God begins to walk with him. He has made a vow. He has committed himself, you know, to walk with God. And God is walking with him. Genesis chapter 30. I show you something here. Very powerful. Genesis chapter 30 from verse 25. Now he's a carrier of the presence of God. And it came to pass when Rachel had born Joseph that Jacob said to Laban, send me away that I may go to my own place and to my country. And let me just give you a background here. Jacob now is living with his father-in-law. His father-in-law is called Laban. And he's another conman. This is a family of conmen. <laughs> He conned his brother. Now he has met another man, his father-in-law, who also wants to con him. And by the way, he conned him once. Yeah, and made sure that he married his two daughters. Now he wants to leave. He wants to go. Say, give me my wives and my children for whom I have served you. And let me go. For you know my service which I have done for you. I have been faithful to you. Verse 27. And Laban said to him, please stay. If I have found favor in your eyes, for I have learned by experience... That the Lord has blessed me for your sake. You are a carrier of something invisible. It's the presence of God. And I can trace my success to the day that you came to this homestead. The Lord has blessed me because of you. Then he said, name your wages and I will give it to you. Laban is now telling, uh, is, is telling Jacob. Uh, you want to go, you say what I owe you so I can be able to pay you. Uh -huh. So Jacob said to him, you know how I've served you, how your livestock has been with me. Verse 30, for what you had before I came was little and it has increased to a great amount. The Lord has blessed you since my coming. And now when shall I also provide for my own house? He wants to go and live in his own homestead as well. Because it's not easy to live with your father-in-law or 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 who? <laughs> I have not said it. You are the one who has said it. And so he said, what shall I give you? And Jacob said, you shall not give me anything. If you will do this thing for me, I will again feed and keep your flocks. Verse 32. Let's keep moving quickly. I'm just about to wrap up. Let me pass through all your flock today. Removing from there all the speckled and spotted sheep. And all the brown ones among the lambs and the spotted speckled among the goats. And these shall be my wages. He said, I want all the animals that have madoadoa. Hmm? The ones which are plain, those ones I don't want them. But the ones who are, which are spotted, those are the ones that you can give to me as payment for my service to you. So my righteousness will answer for me in time to come. When the subject of my wages comes before you, everyone that is not speckled and spotted among the gods and brown among the lambs will be considered stolen. It is with me. So he says, with time, this is what I want us to do. All the animals that are speckled, they will belong to me. But the ones which are played, they will belong to you. That will be my wages. And then Laban said, okay. And Laban said, oh, that it was according to your word. And then verse 35, so he removed. Look at this man. Very careful. Very, very very conniving man. So he removed. So he removed that day. Who is this? Laban. The male goats that were speckled. 
and spotted. And all the female goats that were speckled and spotted, everyone that had some white in it, and all the brown ones among the lambs, and gave them into the hand of his own sons. This is Laban now. He is also trying to trick Jacob. He is taking away the ones that Jacob wanted, and he gave them to his sons. But he didn't know. He is dealing with a man <laughs> who is a carrier of the presence of God. Then he put three days journeys between himself and Jacob and Jacob fed the rest of Laban's flock. So he has released the rest to Jacob and said, Jacob, take care of these ones. Let's see how they can reproduce and become spotted animals. Now, Jacob took for himself rods of green poplar. Intelligence. And of the almond and the chestnut trees peeled white strips in them. And exposed the white which was in the roads. Verse 38. And the roads which had peeled, he set before the flocks in the gutters. In the watering troughs where the flocks came to drink. So that they should conceive when they came to drink. So the peel sticks are here. The trough for water is here. As the animals are drinking and they are mating, they are seeing the stripes. You are not understanding what I'm saying. <laughs> How many say, I understood? Which part did you understand? The trough, the mating, or the peel sticks? So the flocks conceived. Look, they were conceiving before the roads. And these roads were striped. And the flocks, because as they were conceiving, they were looking at the roads which were striped. Somehow. The Bible says they brought forth strict speckled and spotted. You thought Jacob is done. He's not yet done. Look at what he did. The presence of God makes you intelligent, my friend. It transforms your mind. That even if somebody tries to cheat you, you cheat them a hundred times. Do I have a witness in this house? Then Jacob, are we together? separated the lambs and made the flocks face towards the strict and all the brown in the flock of Laban. But he put his own flocks by themselves and did not put them with, the Laban, with Laban's flock. Verse 41. And it came to pass whenever the stronger livestock conceived <laughs> that Jacob placed the roads before the eyes of the livestock in the gutters, that they might conceive among the roads. So he also selected, he didn't just choose any, he, sol he selected the strong ones. And he put them in front of those striped sticks. So as they conceive, they also bring forth quality seed. That's what 
Does your neighbor have quality seed? Look at them. Huh? And look at verse 42. But when the flocks were weak, feeble, he did not put them in. So the feebler were <laughs> Laban's and the stronger were Jacob's. Why? Because of the presence of God that transformed his mind and gave him great ideas to be able to get what belongs to him. I don't know who has been trying to cheat you out of your blessing, but I introduce the presence of God in your life. When God's presence hits your life, your mind will be transformed. Shout yes in this house. I wish I had time to finish that verse. It's because of the presence of God. I mean, when you look at even that kind of setup, unless God was involved, there is no way in those days somebody could have come up with that idea. Because Jacob understood, as you are mating, what you see is what you conceive. That's why when the baby, baby is born, people look at the baby, they look at the father, they look at the mother, and say, hey, who you sasa ni nani? I think the right question is to ask the parents, what were you looking at? <laughs> Oh, this side is very holy. This side is very holy. But the, the presence, the presence of God awakens your intelligence. That's what I'm trying to share with you. The presence of God transforms your mind. And all of a sudden, all these powerful ideas begin to drop in your mind. This morning, you're in the presence of God. May intelligent ideas be dropped in your head right now. May great ideas be dropped in your head right now. May you never live here with an empty head. May you live here with great ideas for your business, for your company, for your family. Shout a louder yes. Give somebody high five and tell them, neighbor, my thinking is going to the next level. My thinking is going to the next level. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but you came in the presence of the law. You will not be foolish. You will not be ignorant. I decree that may the anointing of God awaken the genius in you. Shout yes. May the presence of God stir up the intelligence that is in you. May you come up with great ideas. May you come up with ideas that have never been seen before. May your idea become the next big thing in your field in the name of Jesus. Somebody throw your hands up and say, I receive it. I prophesy in the presence of the Lord every great idea to change this country, to change this nation, to change your community. May it be downloaded in your life 
by reason of God's presence, receive it in the name of Jesus. Shout, I receive it. Shout again, I receive it. May the presence of God start up your mind to think differently. May the presence of God start up your mind to think intelligently. Shout, yes! It's because Jacob was a carrier of God's presence. I wish I had time to show you something. Let me just show you for the purpose of finishing. Second Chronicles chapter 26. While you are standing, don't sit down. Second Chronicles chapter 26 verse 3. Another boy by the name Uzziah. Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king. 16! Ladies and gentlemen, 16! When he became king. Determining the national budget of a nation at 16 years old. Having ministers working under him at 16 years old. And you, you can't even manage three chickens. At 45. Uzzah was 16 years old when he became king. And he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jecoliah of Jerusalem. Keep, 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 keep going. Keep going. Verse 4. Hmm. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. That means he was walking with God. He was walking with the presence of God. At 16, he was walking with the presence of God. Give me, turn, turn, change, change the translation to KJV. At 16, he was walking with God, serving God. The presence of God was with this boy. At 16. Verse 5. Sorry, go back to verse 4. And what happened? Mm, and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father Amaziah did. Verse 5. Mm -hmm. Are you reading with me? And he sought God. Look at that. He sought God. He sought the presence of God, Pastor Dennis. He was in love with God. He, he followed God. Ajoh! Sought God in the days of Zechariah who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he saw goodness. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him to pros prosperity is not a function of age. Prosperity is a function of the presence of God in your life. Aye. At 12, you can prosper. At 13, you can prosper. At 16, you can prosper. Stop telling us that when I get married, I'll become a millionaire. You are too late. Tell your neighbor, you are too late. Ladies, prosper. Even as a single lady, prosper. You know, some ladies say, oh, pastor, you know, I can't buy a car. I can't buy a house. Because, you see, when I buy these things, I'm, I'm intimidating men. A man who is intimidated by your success, he's not your man. Your real man will not be intimidated with your car, your house, or your land. My sons and you, are you here? The ones with the cars, those are good ones. The ones with houses, those are good ones. 
Already they have covered distance. Get into the car and drive it. Come on, somebody. Get into the house and live in it. Enjoy her money. The bishop is in the house. Give somebody a five and tell them, enjoy the money. Enjoy the car. Enjoy the house. Say amen. amen. <laughs> Can we finish the scripture? I'm enjoying my preaching this morning. Verse, 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 verse 5. And he sought God in the days. Verse 6, verse 5, verse 6, verse 5, verse 5, verse 5, verse 5, verse 5, verse 5, verse 6. And he went forth. This is a 16-year-old. And he went forth and warred against the Philistines and break down the wall of Gath and the wall of Japne and the wall of Ashdod. And he built cities about Ashdod. And among the... He even went to the territory of the enemy and established a building there. The way the son of seven was saying he wants to come and take Nairobi. He went... He went to the enemy's territory. Verse 7. I'm enjoying this. And God helped him. Look. The presence of God was with this boy. God helped him against the Philistines. And against the Arabians. That dwelt in Garbal. And the Mehunims. Verse 8. And the Ammonites gave gifts. To you see. When you have the presence of God. You, you just attract things. Good things. They just look for you. I prophesy this week. May some gifts come your way. Because of the presence of God. May you attract some gifts. Because of God's presence. Somebody shout yes in this house. Re remove the clock and give me the scripture. Moreover, Uzziah built towers. In Jerusalem. At the corner gate, and at the valley gate, and at the turning of the wall, and fortified them. He is fighting, he is winning. He is building, and he is building. Because God is helping him. Keep going. He also built towers in the desert, and digged many wells. For he had much cattle, both in the low country, Oshago, and in the plains, Tao, husbandmen also, and vine dressers in the mountains and in Kamal, for he loved husbandry. So the guy is a builder, the guy is a farmer, the guy is a fighter because of the presence of God. At 16, he's doing amazing things because God was with him. I feel it. Let's keep going. Verse 11. Moreover, Uzziah had a host of fighting men that went out to war by bands, according to the number of their count by the hand of Jael, the scribe, and Messiah, the ruler, and the king's captains. 
Verse 12. The whole number of the chief of the fathers of the mighty men of Allah were 2,600, a 16-year-old. And under their hand was an army, 300, 300,000 and 7,000 and 500 that made war with mighty power to help the king against the enemy. How old? 16. And Uzzah, Uzziah rather, prepared for them throughout all the host shields, spears, helmets, habergeons, bows, slings, to cast what? What kind of a mind is that? It is a mind that has been transformed in the presence of God. He is not thinking like a 16-year-old. No, he's having the mind of Christ inside of him. Let's keep going. And he made, and he made, can we read all of us here? And he made in Jerusalem engines. He invented engines, invented by cunning men to be on the towers and upon the bulwarks to shoot arrows and great stones. People didn't start throwing stones the other day. It is a sign of a great mind. And his name spread far and abroad for he was marvelously helped until he was strong. Why? Because he sought the Lord. He worked with the Lord. He imbibed the presence of God. He lived in the presence of God. And because of that, his mind was transformed. I prophesy over your life. May you go through a mind shift in this service. May your mind go to the next level. May you have great ideas. May you come up with inventions of engines, of engines, of engines. In the name of Jesus, great ideas for your business, for your children, for your house, for your company. Shout aloud a yes in this house. Lift up your hands and receive ideas in his presence. Father, start up great ideas in these minds right now. In the name of Jesus. We'll not think like ordinary men. We'll not be mediocre in our thinking. In the name of Jesus. Like Uzziah. Like Abraham. Like Jacob. I pray Lord that let your presence transform our minds today. In the name of Jesus. Let your presence shift our minds to the next level. Let your presence revolutionize our thinking. In the name of Jesus. We'll not think like ordinary men. We'll not have mediocre thoughts. In the name of Jesus. Come on, receive great ideas right now. Some of you, God is writing ideas in your head. God is leading you right now. God is directing somebody here right now. There is a decision you need to make. May ideas, may ideas, may great ideas, may wonderful ideas. My goodness, Shabbatadab. Make great ideas be released in your mind right now. 
great ideas, great ideas, great ideas. May they be released in your mind right now. Father, download. Download ideas. Download greatness. Download ideas. Download ideas. Transform minds. Transform minds. Transform minds. Father, I pray for every man, every woman that is in this house that they will have the mind of Jacob that was transformed in your, pres in your presence. They will have the mind of Uzziah who sought you, who lived in your presence, who walked with you, who was surrounded by your presence and his mind became brilliant. I pray for every son of mine, I pray for every daughter of mine that they will possess a brilliant mind Brilliant mind, brilliant mind, brilliant mind, brilliant mind. They will be the best in their field in the name of Jesus. They will shine in their field in the name of Jesus. Father, awaken their intelligence right now in the name of Jesus. Awaken their intelligentsia right now in the name of Jesus. All their mental prowess, may it be awakened in your presence this morning in the name of Jesus. Ideas. Creativity. Great ideas. Awesome creativity. May it be released in your mind right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you Lord. Lift your hand one more time. Father I speak those ideas in their heads. Great ideas. May their intelligence be awakened in the name of Jesus. As they speak, people will see and hear intelligence coming out of their mouth in the name of Jesus. They will come up with ideas to save their companies. They will come up with ideas to make their companies profitable in the name of Jesus. They will move higher. Higher. They will climb the ladder of success because of intelligence in the name of Jesus. Let there be a starry. Every cell that is responsible for your intelligence, I awaken that cell right now in God's presence in the name of Jesus. Receive it. Receive it now. 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 Great visions. Receive it now. Great plans. Receive it now. Great plans. Receive it now. Receive it now. Receive it now. The roadmap to prosperity. Receive it now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. I proclaim it done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can we bless the name of Jesus? Bless the name of Jesus. Bless the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can now get in touch with Dr. Dazu Techero on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.